0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the very first episode of the Jimmy Mute World podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Kang. I created this podcast because I wanted an excuse to have long format conversations with interesting people about everything from tech to music to film to personal finance to whatever else comes up. I've been telling myself for years that I'd start a podcast, so I'm stoked to finally be doing it. I think being able to express yourself and your ideas and what matters to you is so important. And I'm excited to have this podcast as an outlet to do that. And hopefully this podcast inspires you to find ways to express yourself creatively as well. Okay, enough rambling for now. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to have a conversation with my friend, Yana Stiblova. Yana is a super talented product designer and musician. We talk about everything from how she started making music, to the creative process, to how we think everyone is an artist and should create art. Well, that being said, I hope you enjoy the episode. <laughs> Okay, so Yana Steblova, is that how you say your name, Yana Steblova? Steblova. Steblova. Yeah. Where is Where is uh, from? You You said you're Ukrainian.
1: Uh, Czech Republic. I'm Czech, Czech right. Republic. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, gotcha. Is that near Ukraine?
1: Um, not really. It's kind oh, of. No. It's east of Germany.
0: Oh, bad start. I have it all in my <laughs> head. Eastern Europe is one. It's
1: like thing. It's like central, like middle middle of Europe. Prague used to be, I think, like, middle the middle of, of the Ottoman Empire back okay. in the day. So it was, like, the heart heart of Europe.
0: I have the worst map of Europe in my head ever. I have, like, the Norse countries. I have the, Sc- or the Scandinavian countries, I guess. And then I have England and the UK. And then I have Russia.
1: Like, all the way that way.
0: All the way that way. Yeah. That's, and then then
1: like in between
0: everything in between, there's all those other countries moving around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I don't blame you.
0: I don't know if that's accurate. Um, but okay. So I have no template for the podcast. I didn't give you any show notes or have you green light any questions. I just wanted it to be really conversational and just for us to have a conversation about whatever is interesting.
2: Cool. Love it.
0: Awesome. Um, okay. So I did some research on you and oh, no. <laughs> no, not too much no. just, the, just the normal levels of of linkedin Stopping. creep yeah the normal levels of, of linkedin creep and like i think what i like what was really interesting and like why i want to talk to you, i mean it's it's awesome we were like connected by the universe through work yeah. uh, jan is a designer i'm a product manager um and so we just got connected that way and then hit it off and like had a lot of mutual interest um, but you have an interesting background. Um, like I've noticed, you've mixed technology with art in a bunch of in a bunch of different ways. So, like what I gathered at like a five thousand foot view was that you went to. I'm giving your life story in,
2: yeah, in five seconds,
0: and then you crack like me into my life story. You fill in the gaps. Well, <laughs> actually, it's not super in depth, but this is the five thousand foot view. Um, okay, you you went to UNC, uh-huh. Tar Heels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you studied fine arts and astrophysics mm-hmm. in college. Interesting mix. Um, and you spent time in various design roles. Um, you've done both like UX, you've also done visual and branding, and then you've also worked on the product side. So, kind of all around product and design, you have a lot of experience there. Um, and then you also are super into music, creating music, listening to music. Um, I was listening to you, your SoundCloud you shared with me, Memco, Memoryco. Um, and so I have so many questions about all of that. What did my 5,000 uh, foot view uh, capture? What did it not capture? What would you like to tell my audience of hopefully my mom and three to four other people?
1: <laughs> um, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you've covered... Most, mostly everything that I would say today is of interest to me. Um,
0: what are the other interests? Oh, you're super into coffee.
1: I do like. Co- I I wouldn't say I'm super into coffee. Uh, you know I like about to coffee. drink coffee. I'm super coffee. into drinking coffee. Okay. I wouldn't say that I am a connoisseur of the like coffee types <laughs> okay. or okay. coffee brands. I see. Um, but I do. I, I I like a good, good couple of cups of. coffee.
0: I see. So on the coffee snobbery level. What, Very like, low. W- really? Okay. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't call myself a snob. Yeah. I, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I kind of just like pick what I like and stick with it. Um, but I wouldn't say that I have done that much research.
0: I see. But so I feel like enjoy- living in,
1: having lived in San Francisco, it's like you're kind of bombarded by various types of coffee. And then in, now in Portland.
0: So. There's so much good. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I missed. You live in Portland now. Where oh, yeah. where are, that was one of the things I want to ask you about is, okay, you live in Portland now, but you've traveled to a bunch of places. Where else have you lived?
1: Well, I was born in Prague in, in the Prague. Czech Republic. Okay. Yeah, uh, I lived there until I was about five. We immigrated directly to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, oh,
0: okay. So that's yeah. your like local school.
1: That's my local school. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up in Chapel Hill, And in about 2010, 2011, like right after graduating, I moved up to New York. Um, Having never been there, Mm -hmm. I just said, okay, let's pack this minivan. Dang. Yeah, it was was weird, silly, but Mm -hmm. ultimately really awesome. Um, And yeah, I lived in New York for about four years. Then I moved to San Francisco, and then now I'm in Portland.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so you've done east coast and west coast i haven't done east coast yet but east
1: coast is the bomb you would love it jimmy
0: i need to go what's north carolina like
1: um north carolina is okay i would say like you get a nice couple of cities (laughs) sorry that's really biased um (laughs) (laughs) so Asheville and chapel hill are i would say like the most left-leaning and most like portland um but then the outskirts of those like outside of those towns you get um a lot of sort of more conservative views um Mm. so lots of small towns biggest cities are raleigh and charlotte and uh yeah it's north kind of nice i mean it's kind of like you know what you expect the south to be it's a nice southern state and you get some pockets of blues and some pockets of reds. um Mm. but it's very hot i wouldn't live there again yeah it's humid hot
0: but Portland's nice and cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. For
0: wow. sure. Yeah. That's awesome. So you studied fine arts and astrophysics. Yeah. That's an interesting combo. Yeah. It also sounds like a lot of work. Uh why yeah. did you choose to study those those two things?
1: Oh man. Well, I feel like like many young children, I kind of had an obsession with the stars growing up. My mm-hmm. dad introduced me when I was really young and he would always take me out and we'd go see Um, meteor showers and comets um, and I just got really really fascinated really early on and I thought even though I wasn't very good at it um, I mean I was good at math but I wasn't very good at physics ultimately Uh, I was just yeah I was in love with the sort of majestic majesty the mystery of the cosmos and um, wanted to know everything about it when I was a kid and then pursued it in college and uh ended up not being quite the right choice for me because it's a lot less romantic when you're like looking at spreadsheets all day and (laughs) writing research papers and grants and stuff like that so not as romantic as i had hoped but um yeah that's kind of the physics journey
2: Hmm.
0: and then the fine arts what was that like what did you study for the fine arts side of your degree
1: um so i focused on photography like digital art so I did photography um and like kind of 2d art um but um yeah it was kind of a similar story I'd been into art since I was a kid like I was drawing anime growing up
0: that's awesome Um, (laughs) so you had we were like working on a Wacom tablet and stuff like that in college or
1: no 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 not at all so it wasn't like it wasn't um like a media type of direction it wasn't like a journalism school it was Mm -hmm. like fine art so they cared a lot about concept they cared a lot about uh sort of your like art journey as a professional sort of what you're trying to put out into the world um so while it was like 2d art a lot of my work was like abstract photography um some screen printing um I was really, I think my most, like, what I was most interested in was, uh, like, I took a class, it was a sculpture class, but, like, nothing I ended up making in that class was sculpture. It was oh. more like installation. Like, I was okay. re- really, like, in love with installation art and hmm. walking into experiences and having, like, the experience affect you. That um, so was kind of quite fond of that. And then I, I was working at the local planetarium at the time. And... Um, I got an opportunity through a mentor who suggested I start working on some of the exhibits. Mm. And that was kind of like my introduction to design. And I was Ah. absolutely like horrific at it. Like (laughs) it, it was so bad. Um, Michelle Clotta, who was an amazing mentor, uh, had me work with the like graphic design team for the planetarium. And they were like, on the first day, they were like, Yana, I think you should look through this huge stack of books and, like, why don't you try to learn a little something about design? Because I hadn't uh, taken, like, a design course, right?
0: Like, hint, uh, hint.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they were like, uh, I think you should probably teach yourself a little something. It was amazing, and I did, and I yeah. learned, like, everything from books and, these like, um, this team of motion artists um, mm. who told me I was shit, and it was the best
0: but you liked it. Something helped yeah. you to push, to push absolutely. through it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Mm. That's interesting. So that's how you got your start in design it was kind of a, a happenstance kind of thing where you were at the planetarium. Sure. There's a need for some graphic design help and then you're a graphic designer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It was before I even graduated. Um, and I did end up designing something for an exhibit space. So it like was on the walls for, I think like five years um it was wow. crazy to have had that happen um but yeah it was like I was you know I made a big I had kind of a big meltdown um during my physics education and um I knew you know like when you wake up and you or you like walk into a scenario and you just know that it's completely wrong yeah I had I had this moment um I think it was like an electromagnetism class okay um and we had a massive exam It was like the third exam of the semester and i walk in and i'm just standing i'm standing in the doorway looking onto the class of all men of course i think there's one other girl in my class um and i was just like i had this moment like Am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Of course, of course. <laughs> I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> this is so not for me. Like, this is mm. not for me. And I just had this, like, I couldn't, it was like a force field in front of me. Like, I just could not enter the room. I uh, I turned around. I walked to the basement of the physics department. And I, like, handed in my notice that I was going to, like, quit the, wow. the physics program. Um, that ended up not being very clever. Uh because I did eventually like plead my way into trying to take that exam that I walked out on and ended up finishing with a BA. So I wanted to like at least get something, Um, but I was on the BS track and Mm. halfway through uh, this would have been like beginning of junior year or end of sophomore year, halfway through I was like, no, this isn't for me and transitioned out of that. But like you transition into art and you've kind of got this panic. I mean, both like both, Areas of study, I would say, if you're not going into, like, academia or into research, then there's not a lot of opportunity to, like, practice physics. Uh, you have to really, like, extraordinary or, – or go, like, get your PhD and kind of pursue it in a very, like, right. high-capacity fashion. And before you're making money, like, it, it takes a really long time. And then same with art. You have to put a lot of um, energy into developing yourself as, like, an art professional. And that takes – a lot of time. Um, and yeah, I just had this panic, subconscious panic of like, what am I going to do with my life? And then lo and mm. behold, like design was like, oh, why don't you go design an exhibit for <laughs> Morehead Planetarium? Um, yeah.
0: Did you have that kind of aha moment when you were design- It's It's funny when you talk about like, okay, the, some of these things I was studying were kind of impractical for what I'd end up doing. I feel like it's, I don't know, looking back at it, like when you're getting into college, it seems like the most important thing. Okay, I got to get into the right school, study the right thing. And then like you're feeling all this stress and then like you kind of pull yourself out of it. And you're like, okay, maybe some experiences I had there were like super net positive and set me on this path that I'm on now. But it, it is interesting. And for me as well, to look back, Like I was studying business and I felt like business was I, I, I didn't learn anything. I went to class two days a week and like kind of just got B's and Cs and uh, you know, just floated my way through through school. I went to Cowboy. Nice. And like it was weird because business was like feigning itself as being useful. It's like mm. people kind of say it's the it's the safe choice, but like you really don't like learn much practical like stuff. Like I wouldn't say that much of what I learned was useful to my day to day. Would you say that kind of the same thing with what you did in college or do you feel like you have taken things away from there that have been helpful?
1: Yeah, man. I think I've taken away some like very dre- detrimental things. Mm. And I think I I've taken away like things that have like fundamentally formed me to my core. So I think physics is one of those things where you become such a problem solver and especially in like abstract realms. Um, And especially with astrophysics, because a lot of it is hypothesis and you very rarely get to observe things and actually practice physics, um, at least while you're actually in university. Mm. So, but, but you learn how to apply solutions in an abstract way so thoroughly that I feel like coming out of physics, I was so primed to solve problems for the web. Like Mm. just start thinking in ways and, and I coded a little bit as part of like the degree program. So you just, your brain gets completely like rewired. Um, so I would say it's like a fundamental part of who I am. Um, my physics background is being able to sort of think abstractly, um, apply solutions to things that might not immediately be obvious. Uh, or it, it might not immediately be obvious, like why that would be a solution. Um, and yeah, so I think like that is fundamental to my core. I think conceptual thinking I learned in my fine art arts program, um, which is like gratitude to UNC for having, uh, teachers, professors who were of the sort of like conceptual art mindset. So Not all of them were like the kind of more practical like um, painting kind of vibe. I had some amazing artists who taught me how to like make conceptual art and think about like the reason behind why you're making it and the reason behind uh, making someone look at it and um, like the purpose of art in and of itself. And is it art if it's just a painting, you know? So like thinking Mm -hmm. about things like that, I think also had a profound impact on me um so do i technically use any of those i think no like i'm not practicing anything mathematical um or anything that i mean i I would say i still try to make art and i still try to like think about life as art i suppose that's a whole other spiel i could get into one day but i i kind of hold those things within me and they're very impactful, but I wouldn't say I like actively practice anything that I learned in college. I mean, I do, but it's just like very, like, it's so in the fabric.
0: Yeah. It's hard to connect the dots. Yeah. To, oh, this lecture, this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I've seen, I've heard that with physics. I, I think it's so good to also study something that's just kind of innately interesting to you or something that's mm. just not you're naturally curious about. It seems like physics, I've heard a lot, I mean, it provides that framework for like breaking things down, like first principles and understanding a problem. And I mean, you really get to the essence of why things are the way that they are, right? Or why things are structured the way, why they move through the world the way that they do. Um, it's kind of just infinitely interesting and guides everything around us, right? And
2: Absolutely. It's, so it's yeah. it's really
0: interesting. I hope my kids kind of naturally gravitate towards physics and like have that be a way that they can. Like a framework for thinking for the rest of their lives because i think also just like learning something like physics or math or just any skill that's technical and it like doesn't just give itself to you immediately and you're like oh i get physics it's like you really have to work and to to understand it like you need to understand math you need to understand so many different things to really grasp physics but it that is i think it teaches a good lesson that You know, I mean, you understand how the world works much better, but then also, yeah, like what you're saying, it just gives you a better sense of confidence that you can solve things, you can learn things, you can break it down. And so physics is, I always think physics is cool. And I've seen people who are studied physics in in college or they're just, they kind of are self-taught and I've noticed that ability, um, like that, that they're able to do that. And it lends itself well to like design, engineering, whatever, music. Um, That ability to kind of take a very ambiguous thing, kind of break it down to its elements and then make sense of it from there, which is an awesome, awesome skill.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think having like some of the hardest work I've had to do behind me, Mm. um, not to say that design isn't hard. There's absolutely a lot of challenges in the realm of design, but uh, like not being able to understand something so thoroughly. And like you said, just like using... All of your mental energy to learn and understand something that is ultimately a you can't like see it, b you can't touch it, like c you can't interact with it. Like it's somewhere in space, and you're like, okay, I have to make sense of like this freaking like neutrino or proton going out of a star and like making its way out, and like oh, it's just awful. But having all of that behind me, I think it's it's absolutely a bit like, well, yeah, right. Like I feel like. I feel pretty equipped. I feel, you know, it makes you feel pretty confident, as you said. Hmm.
0: That's awesome. Um, okay, shifting topics. We're yeah. both, we both love music. We're both yeah. super into music. We listen to music. We make music. You make much better music than I do. Um, <laughs> how did you get into music? What's the story there?
1: Oh, man. I feel like everything I'm saying is like, oh, back in the day when I was a child.
0: That's okay. Our childhoods are very influential.
1: It, that's very true. Yeah. Um, my mom had wanted to play piano her whole life. And at a young age in the Soviet Union, she was told that her fingers were too short.
0: Oh, jeez, um, That's yeah. harsh.
1: Yeah. So they, um, she came to having a daughter. Who, she, <laughs> that's not true. That's not why she had a daughter. Uh, but it was dropped upon. She had a daughter. She wanted her daughter to play piano because she mm. had never gotten the opportunity. Um, and I think she like wanted to play violin as well. But um, yeah. And so she, she like, I am like end, endlessly grateful to my parents and especially, especially my mom for basically forcing me to play piano when I was a kid. Um, I wouldn't say it brought me any joy I started off really young. I was maybe like six or seven and mm-hmm. immediately started training um, classically with a Russian piano teacher. And it was something that was like, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I chose it. It was just something that my parents like prescribed onto me, uh, which I hated. Like I spent a lot of time hating it. I spent a lot of time like resenting that whole period. And like, I actually came out of it like certain that I never would be equipped to be a musician or I mean classical piano is so either competitive or like so based on perfection
0: it can be so not fun yeah so not fun and
1: I was a nervous nervous kid like I was Uh, paranoid and nervous and like had uh, no confidence whatsoever so I was constantly comparing myself to everything around me and like the the type of parents I had, um, the type of mom I had was like very like hovering when it came to piano um, and other things, but especially piano. So like anytime I'd make a mistake, it would be called out. Uh, And so actually it, it like, it didn't bring me to music at all, but I began with music in that way a really, really long time ago. I had a love for music and like a love for melody, I would say because of piano. Um, but I didn't understand or know that I wanted to be a musician until, like, only, like, four or five years ago. Really? Yeah. So I, I was, like, vehemently too embarrassed and too shy and too, like, I did not believe I could do it. Like, I had, I don't know, just, like, completely brainwashed to think that you had to be a certain thing or a certain way or play a certain instrument I, I think for the longest time I said oh like I can't I can't wrap my head around playing guitar like I can't possibly be in a band you know it was just that kind of self-talk that uh yeah is based off of so many feelings that happen to you when you're a child and you've convinced yourself you can't do something because of x and y experience and yeah um yeah the reason I'm in music now is like thanks to my partner who has been a musician for most of his adult life so it's mm. like weird universe things. And a lot of work happened for me to feel confident in making music today. Um,
0: what flipped that switch? That is because that is a tremendous jump from making that decision of I'm not. I feel like pe- we create these labels on ourselves. I'm, I'm a musician. I'm not a musician. I'm a filmmaker. I'm not a filmmaker. Yeah. I'm a designer. I'm like not a, a right-brained
1: or I'm left blank <laughs> Yeah,
0: and we box yeah. and we box ourselves into that. How did you make that? How did you make that jump? Um. You mentioned your partner. Yeah, the, absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. So my partner, um, was a musician. Is a musician. Was in a band um, a while back. I would say that like it's like very subtle. So a couple of things happened like I burned out on the design industry in New York Mm. so I kind of went through like the corporate ladder system and then um tried to do the startup thing and completely burned out and burned out to the degree that I didn't know like how I would continue to pursue that particular career so that was kind of like one thing that happened Mm. so I knew that I needed to like come to some kind of new thing in order to make money right not that music makes any money so Uh, but uh, so I knew that I needed to pursue something different Um, I've always had like a deep love for music like it's just been that thing that defines all of my memories, you know, defines my mood. Like yeah. I am, um, I'm the type of person who like, if I'm sad, I listen to sad things and I watch sad movies. Like I, I use music to like exaggerate my feelings um, and to like feel them thoroughly. Mm. And so music has been a component in my life, like so thoroughly the whole time, absolutely um and so many bands i can point to now have been influences to me but i would say I like
0: bands. i'm oh sorry to mind. cut you off
1: no not at all um probably you haven't heard of these bands but That's okay. uh, there's a band called porcupine tree
0: porcupine tree um okay, they I'm were this down. Uh, I'm to them.
1: yeah they're they were back in the day i think they stopped in like 2006 maybe a bit later, but they were uh, like a prog rock band. I was Mm. a metalhead in high school. Mm. So I got a lot of influence from porcupine tree. I'd say like dream theater. Um, I think like more recently, Nick cave, um, and the, yeah, kind of like intimate rock genre. Um, Yeah, I listen to a lot of punk, Mm. no effects and misfits. Um, But. Yeah, like now I can look at look at all those things and say, oh, right, these are totally Anna Kelby uh, is like a more recent one. Um, These are totally things that have influenced my taste and influence the type of music I make. Um, But yeah, so but back to your other question about the leap of the switch. I, it, it like wasn't a switch, I guess. It was like a really long drawn out realization that happened over the course of like my whole life. Um, and you kind of arrive at it. I think, I mean, it was definitely prompted by my partner. Uh, we had met online and we were sharing a, like a collaborative play, playlist. Um, and I think we were jokingly like, oh, like we should be in a band, like across the pond. <laughs> he he was in London at the time. Okay. We, should, uh, we should be in a band, like an electronic band, kind of like the gorillas, like at a distance, like in yeah. the existing in the ether. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of like what sparked it. And that was sort of the first door to me being like, Wait, is this something I could do? Like, is that is that a thing people do? Um And it is obviously. And I think he was the first person in my life who said, hey, yeah, you can absolutely be in band. You can absolutely do whatever you want musically. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of continued throughout this whole process. So he's the first person to say, yeah, you can sing. Like my whole life, you know, like, oh no, like I'm a terrible singer, like absolutely not. Um, And I am, but he heard it in a way that, um, I don't know, I guess saw the potential.
0: Mm. Shout out to your partner. Now, What's shout out to your partner. Now the yeah. world has another has another artist. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I think that's my primary goal with this podcast is to inspire more people to make art across whatever medium. Awesome. I love film, I love music. Um, but I think yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe I'll have to talk to your partner at some point. Should, absolutely. Sounds like he sounds like a super yeah. inspiring
1: Yeah, person. he's awesome. And,
0: um that's so cool that he was able to to convince you to make make the jump because that is a very big a big jump um
1: yeah he he um when we moved to san francisco i got to kind of like watch him make music um and he had been in a a kind of more traditional uh london based band mm. uh, they were called the um well i won't talk too much about that i don't know what he wants out in the world but
2: <laughs> um
1: <laughs> i'll let him tell you that story but uh, yeah, he was in a more traditional band um, as a the lead singer and guitarist. And he, when we moved to San Francisco, he was making uh, digital music. Um, mm. And it was just kind of mind-blowing. Like he introduced me to Ableton and this whole like concept of like being able to make music fully on your own and not having to rely on like walking into a studio and, yeah. um, you know, getting like a drummer and making bands like, Uh, making music the organic way so that was kind of like mind-blowing in and of itself let alone like his confidence in me um making music so it was just like you know ah, like an ah moment
0: yeah that you could make music just using using a DAW, just completely digital all on your all on your computer yeah Hmm. how did you make your first couple songs was he kind of helping you along were you watching online tutorials
1: um ironically no and no um Yeah, I got myself a Casio Privia in San Francisco, which I had owned previously.
0: Is that like a MIDI, a MIDI controller? Or? It's a
1: MIDI, yeah, it's a weighted MIDI piano. Okay.
0: Oh, a digital nice.
1: Piano. Yeah, nice. It's, it's quite nice. Um, but it's nice because it has the weighted keys. Yeah. Uh, and um, he introduced me to Ableton. And mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, set myself up in Ableton. And I think he like gave me packs and plugins and kind of pointed me to all the tools and it got to a point where, you know, I was like kind of a nervous sort of packet of like sadness. <laughs> like I didn't know what I wanted to, what, what I wanted to do with my life. I knew that I was drawn to music. And he was just like straight up like, you're not gonna like know anything until you just make a song. So it's just like go make a freaking song. Mm.
2: Um,
1: and you know, like he was right. I had never made, made a song before. Um, and so I made my first song, uh, in Ableton on my own with my Casio and I kind of figured out how to like program the drums and he, I'm sure he showed me, I mean, I, I had Ableton prior to him, like physically showing me, but I'm sure he like pointed me to stuff, um, and helped me figure out how to like use the actual program. But yeah, uh, just kind of, did it and then played it to him and he was into it. And then I was like, shit, I just made my first song. And it was weird. And then uh-huh. I made I made a couple more. And um it just escalated from there. Yeah. And then yeah, we we've been working on an album ever since.
0: <laughs> That's so that was like five years ago, you were saying. Uh it
1: like, yeah, that was probably about four years ago. Yeah, four and a half.
0: Four and a half years ago. Yeah. Dang. Do you remember what your first song sounded like? Do you remember oh, making yeah. it? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Do you God. cringe
0: now or do you love it or um, are you proud of it?
1: It's, you know, there's there are elements of it that are cringeworthy for sure. Like <sighs> when you listen to yourself singing. Uh,
0: um, oh, so you did vocals and everything, honestly? Vo-
1: yeah, I had like guitar vocals, drums, um, piano. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I cringe at some things, but I also like love how precious like it is like how honest and genuine and i don't know there's there's stuff that i quite like about some of my early songs uh Mm. very they're just really really raw and there's something in there that hasn't been you know tainted or convoluted or practiced out and it's just yeah there's something that i really like about those first, first few songs and like a lot of them have um mutated and transformed and sort of evolved into new things and they still I, i'm pretty sure my very first song has still exists and is still called the same thing and like the backbone it was built on the backbone of that song um and it's kind of just transformed over time
0: that's amazing
1: so they're still hanging around mm. yeah
0: that is so cool <laughs> um uh so i is was the band i know you have like your your soundcloud account oh am i yeah. allowed to say this on, on yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. Okay. yeah yeah. um so you have memory coco and then you also correct me if i'm wrong you have a, a design agency or you work with a design agency that's called memco is there any relation to those two is it yeah yeah what, so, what's the relation story behind yeah
1: yeah um so Stephen and i my partner uh we Made Memory Coco is kind of like our filter for making art and making music. Um, And the shorthand for that name became Memco. So Memco is now kind of what we use as shorthand for this sort of like collaboration. And the collaboration can be uh, in various types of categories like art or music and Memory Coco on SoundCloud, we should probably rename. But um, that was kind of like one project we did together Um, and Memco Works is now a media agency we co-own and is kind of like that branch of the project. Um, I see. Yeah, so everything's kind of interconnected by this, by this like word, I suppose.
0: I love the name. It's hard to come up with a name for things, but that's really, is, is it because memories are important thing you couldn't find a name or is it like, I don't know, is it, is the name super meaningful to
1: you? So, um, okay. This is going to sound really cheesy, but when we first met or when we were first meeting, we had met online and some of the ways that we were talking about our meeting and interacting with each other were like, uh, like having a memory into the future, like it all felt so familiar, kind of like deja vu, I suppose, but like Mm. future deja vu, like both a memory, like a past experience, but it hasn't happened yet. You're kind of like looking into the future as as though you're looking back into the past. And so the concept of like memory, of remembering, of um, um, there's like such a familiarity uh, to that interaction and to that conversation uh, to all of them, all of the conversations that it felt as though we remembered having those conversations and having that and, um, having, yeah, having some kind of past life. We used to talk about it like a past life or some kind of past knowing of each other. Um, and so, um, this is the physics He's also, he also studied physics Uh the the nerds in us um there's this word called coefficient hmm. uh, and it's like a uh, uh God, i don't i don't even remember how one defines that it's like a multiple of um something that you convert it to something else maybe you can look it up for me real quick it's saying a um,
0: multiplier or factor that measures some property
1: yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like the
0: coefficient of something, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you the coefficient how much of that thing.
1: Of friction is right. like something. Um, depending on how like
0: So you could multiply is. that by something else to see how how much exactly. friction that would experience. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. yeah. Um, yeah. No more physics ah. in my brain. So we so it's actually memory coefficient.
0: Memory coefficient. So does that mean it's a very strong potent memory? Is that the idea?
1: I think it's it's like um like it like everything is multiplied in our life by that coefficient and our experience
0: Ah, that's not cheesy at all that is so beautiful that is so cool
1: thanks um yeah so that that's how that was born and um yeah memco is the shorthand
0: memory coefficient okay i thought it meant memory collaborate collaboration or memory company or i was trying to understand that but Wow, that did not disappoint. That is a very, very <laughs> cool story. That is so cool. You should tell everyone about that. That is so cool. Good, I will. Um, yeah. Uh, um, that so um question about music. What is your process like mm. um when you're when you're making music? When I was starting to make music, I that's what I was wondering about. It was like you see people on YouTube kind of making stuff, but it's like when you're staring at an empty, da. You're staring at an empty session, yeah. and it's just like, oh my goodness, what do I do? What's your yeah? What's your process like?
2: Um, not the
1: most helpful answer, unfortunately, uh, that question. But I, I, I don't feel like I've got like a formula. And I think, unfortunately, I have this like experience with music where I don't always feel like I'm making it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Not to sound like a hippie again, but it kind of like happens, and I'm almost like catching up to it. And so, mm-hmm. like, I'll open up a session in a dog, um, and uh, these days I'll I'll usually duplicate a, a template. So like. I've probably worked on a song and I have some nice sounds and I like some of the plugins I'm using or uh, the patch I have on the guitar sounds really good Mm -hmm. and I'll duplicate it. um, And then I'll start with, with those tools. So one thing I'm definitely finding that has been useful for me is to define like a set of tools that are my go-to tools and my go-to sounds as you would with a studio, you'd come in and you'd kind of have like what's there um so that is instantly like i'm in an environment i'm in like an atmosphere and i can kind of play around within that space mm-hmm. um so that has helped a lot in terms of um sort of having a place to begin but then usually i'll either like come in depending on mood that day i suppose like i'll come in either like really melody focused, and probably immediately go to like a MIDI keyboard and start messing around with um, some kind of melody or putting down some chords Um, or I'll be like really beat focused so I'll pull out like I'll put in um, a drum loop all the way through the song Mm. and like I'll pull out the bass guitar and I'll uh, like record on that drum loop um, Mm. and just kind of get a vibe going. But everything happens so quickly that within that space, before I even know it, like I might be doing something on the bass guitar for like um I don't know, like a couple of measures. And then I'm like, wait, like something on the on this like organ I've got set up would sound awesome right there. And it just sort of, like, explodes from there, right? Like, so my starting points, depending on which one they are, like, the rest kind of, like, flourishes. And then um, that's usually, like, a verse. So I kind of have this, like, linear approach, which I, having, like, spoken to other musicians, isn't always how, like, people make music. Um, So I kind of, like, I like to develop the introduction or, like, the first verse like as much as I can and get a sense of like everything that's happening in it and then I'll kind of like grow it from there and then I'll like have a better understanding of like okay like is there a bridge is there a chorus like how does that transition like what is the most natural transition and I think that's the part that kind of like sometimes it I don't feel like I've got any control over it or I don't feel like it's even me doing it. Like I'll hear, I'll just hear it. I know that sounds really fruit fruit, and it isn't a real no, answer, no. but like I'll hear where the melody needs to go. I'll hear like what the song needs to do. And then I'll just try to catch it. Like I'll try to catch that out of the universe and I'll try to like capture it and put it down to the best of my ability.
2: Mm.
1: Um, and you know, that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't like, sometimes it's, like like when you when you finish I would say it's just like either a mess or a part of it works and it doesn't work like the bridge doesn't work and you have to kind of rearrange everything or the whole thing doesn't work or yeah kind of a I think for me like a song is about the evolution of the song more so than making a song like in a sitting or Having having the goal be a song, um, mm. isn't always like the goal of coming into the studio. Sometimes it's just sort of like, well, what what do I want to express today? What I will say is, I'm not very like word driven. I'm terrible at this. Like, I'll like write a whole freaking song and like just like mumble something over it and like yeah. like ah, mm. um, and then <laughs> and then it's like, wait a minute, like the words even fit like uh. Uh, that used to be my problem like from the beginnings like i just i was really bad at fitting words into the thing that i made and it always mm. sounded like karaoke or like it didn't really like fit the vibe or fit the beat or so yeah. vocals were a big challenge mm. for me um
2: yeah
0: that's not true for it all i i i mean i think it gets to like the crux of why it's interesting to create art it's because there's no there's really no playbook i mean there are rules and there is music theory and there is structure to, to some degree of about around how you make music and i'm sure your classical training helps but when yeah it's it's so interesting i mean i think it's like you were kind of talking about it sounded like kind of getting into your flow and like when mm-hmm. you're there obviously it's it, it it's like hard as hell to get there with life and with stress sure. and with second guessing yourself but then, when you are there, or a moment of inspiration strikes, uh, it's like it's just pouring out of you, right? And it's yeah. like one thing leads to the next thing, leads to the next thing, and then you're more. Yeah, before you know it, there's 20 tracks, and then you're just you're you're humming along, and it's like coming out, right? And it's yeah. it's such a cool. It's so hard to explain, and I've heard, I heard, I've heard other artists talk about it. Um, it's it might have even been like Taylor Swift or something. I don't know, but I've heard other artists say like once you've made a song it's and you listen to it, it's weird that it didn't exist at one point. It, it like felt yeah. like it was, it was there. It just, you had to put it down or like maybe it's coming yeah. to you in the moment, but it's like, you're frantically like, you have an idea, you go run over, you do it. Maybe you're in it and that kind of gives you inspiration for the next thing. But it's just interesting how your mind and creativity works because really you are creating something out of thin air. Like you're creating something novel like given all of your inspiration, you know, given Porcupine Tree, given Nick Cave, given all the things that inspire you, given your classical training in in piano. Um, And that's all coming together, all those skills, also your training with the tool. And then you're putting that all together and you're creating something novel. And it's like interesting. I was reading a book about like creativity in the brain. And it's like when you're doing that, your brain is engaged like at its like, it's like the limitless Bradley Cooper movie where your just brain is like the highest functioning it could possibly, like that's the most tax you can like put on your brain is like when you're pulling all those things together and like creating something new, but it's a cool feeling, right? It's addicting. Like once you've experienced it once, you're like, it's, it's like, I don't know. I wish, I wish my everyday life had more of that feeling of like being in that. It's so innately satisfying. It feels yeah. like, I feel like that's the one time like in my week or um sometimes it doesn't even happen once a week but like when i feel like i'm at the center of the universe kind of right where Mm -hmm. it's like you don't feel like i should oh i should be doing all these other things or like oh i should be working on this or oh i should be calling like nine friends it's like for me it's like what i love about making music is that moment feels like you're at the center of the universe and it's where you should be you know i don't know if you have absolutely yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely um it is. It's like a mindfulness practice at that point, right? You're, totally. you're, you're ma- making the decision to put everything on the sidelines and to focus solely on this thing that happens that almost isn't in your control. And sometimes it yeah. doesn't happen. Sometimes, sometimes you're kind of just it. like waiting there. And sometimes you have to try like over and over again and it's really frustrating. And then you have a breakthrough. Mm. Um, I think something that happens to me all the time, speaking of flow, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and capturing like whatever's happening in the ether and putting it down. Mm. i I still have this fear when I finish something that I don't even remember how it happened. How could I possibly do it again? And oh. I'll like listen to, you know, like i'll I'll listen to stuff. Even now, like we're working on um, putting down like final words and final like vocal takes for our songs and it's like I don't like I look back on some of them. like how did I even freaking make that to begin with how did that come out I don't remember I don't re- like I don't have yeah like a, a like a, a plan I don't have a plan and mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing I, I don't know that I would want a plan but there's no like I have a toolkit but I don't have like a process um and I don't want one because I don't yeah. think it would happen as magically as it does if I did Um, maybe there's like a practice or like, you know, like, uh, coming in a certain way or, um, being mindful and like wanting the energy to enter you. Absolutely. But there are, there are moments where I like definitely feel like I didn't do it. Can I do it again? (laughs) Even though obviously I very much did. Um, but it is, I completely agree with you. It's the only time. in. My week as well, where I feel like I'm in flow, um, where I'm connected to something bigger than me, and I think that's really important for artists to pursue. So I'm glad that you experienced that as well.
0: It is. That's what made me addicted to it because I think it's like, okay, am I going to get famous from this thing? I, I'm low, low probability, right? Like, sure, of course, every artist wants wants that, right? They want people to listen to their work. They want to claim. Um, but even just, I don't know creating it and having that feeling makes is the the payoff is so high because you have those times like I don't know what what, how you set time apart I I was definitely curious to ask about that Mm. like for me I I had to just block off like I set a goal for myself I was like I'm going to create one song every two weeks until I make 10 songs and that's how I'm going to get into it and I I told my girlfriend like mom everything everyone who's in regular contact with me I was like, look, on Saturdays, I'm not texting you back. I'm not calling you back. I'm making music and I'm going to dedicate myself to, to doing that. And that was, that was, I think, maybe extreme, maybe not everyone can do it, but it was so helpful for me because then it like forced me to know I dedicate, like, I'm going to create time for myself. I'll do whatever I have to do around that time to make that time for myself. But then I have time where I don't feel bad about doing other things and I can get so into it. And those 16 hours are weird, like, uh, you know. Sometimes I go back and forth with, oh, should I be learning how to do something right now or should I be creating? And then Mm -hmm. I also, so I have that a little bit of that tug of war in my head, but then I also have that feeling of like, I want it to be fun for myself, but I also put so much pressure on myself where I'm like, oh, if I don't create something in this time, this is my time in the week and then I may not create something. And I don't know, I think it's important to have art be fun and something that you want to do and enjoy. But I don't know. My personality is like when I do something, I want to be good at it. I want to make something mm. good, and so uh, I'm guessing. I'm I'm guessing you're the same, right? It's like it's fun, but you also want to be good. And I don't know. It's it's just interesting. I feel like it's one of those things in in life where um, it's funny. I'm watching this show called Counterpart, and it's about like basically I think during the Cold War, scientists figured out how to split like do did some weird experiment, and then reality's duplicated so there's another version of us in a parallel universe and you can kind of cross over and things are largely the same but there's slight differences like the main character is a low level like CIA agent but then his his doppelganger is the uh, the highest level and they're they're different personalities like one is very much I'm in control of my destiny I can get whatever I want the other one is very kind of timid and like when someone tells him no he's like okay yeah uh, you know that's fine and it's 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 interesting because I can see that like that kind of like stroke of fate, I think I'm like more kind of aware of it in, I mean, definitely in the people I talk to in the conversations, I think people are super influential. Um, But also it's just like, sometimes the moments feel high stakes. It's like, if I have that moment of inspiration, like I do think it's totally possible that like, you have a moment of inspiration and it passes and that moment is gone and that moment could have been something you know and i think artists maybe think about that and are like superstitious about that but i mm. feel like that's that's real you know but all, i kind of all you can do is like in my 16 hour days all like only maybe one or two hours are really 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 productive and then the others i'm like trying to work through something find something i'm experimenting with it but it feels like those in between those other 14 hours are super important in finding that like lightning bolt. And, so, and there's a lot of times where I don't get the lightning bolt and it's just like it that doesn't happen for a week, two weeks, whatever. But if you put yourself there, you're like, you're dangerous, you're in the game. And I think that's kind of the like the struggle is almost the more beautiful part than like, and then like that moment, of course, is so satisfying and worth it. But I think that's what I admire most about artists is that they're willing to sit through that 14 hours to be able to find that one Hour that other people aren't willing to find. It, that's that, that. to me is mm-hmm. the most beautiful part about. About of course the output is beautiful as well. But yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I think there's an interesting element in there as well, which um, my partner and I talk about a lot. Um, whereby we like, especially being that we're tech people, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who have are lucky enough to have like a good a good career, a good job possibility opportunities. Um we're not, you you know, gone are the days where you have to be a struggling artist. Gone I mean, don't don't get me wrong, that absolutely exists. And people commit their life in that way. And I think it's absolutely like unbelievably, unbelievably majestic. Yeah. Um, but for you and I, for you and I, the type of artists we are is we, you know, we do have um careers and career opportunity and job job opportunities Um, and we don't necessarily have struggle but we do need struggle in order to make something and it's very much about the mountains and the valleys but if you don't have the valley then you're not going to have the mountain and when you're creating something like a song you absolutely need like some kind of struggle and I think a lot of times that struggle is self-made subconsciously. And whether that presents itself in, you know, struggling for 16 hours in the studio um, or it's an argument you have with your spouse or your friends or you you fall out with the industry that you're working in, Um, you know, like you need something to kind of jump off of. And um, it it wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for the lightning bolt, to use your word, you know, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be music or art, if it was sort of ubiquitous, or it could, could come out of everything. Um, yeah, so I feel you.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, that, that is interesting, because it's like, I don't know, we're like, we have comfortable lives, you know, it's yeah, not like we're absolutely. struggling, and no. uh, we have good jobs, and safe, and um, but yeah, there is, yeah, different kinds of struggle, like you were talking about, relationship struggle. Career struggle, whatever it is, and yeah, the valleys are I didn't think about that they're yeah, they feel horrible, but oftentimes are super inspiring, or push you more towards the art, like you need like it's interesting you talked about you were just burnt out on design, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> it seems like music to some like I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it like it may like did it give you more energy, or like what did it do for you? do you think that <clears throat> like maybe design wasn't? doing
1: yeah i I think it gave me like a new identity like it made me a new person like i became someone completely different Mm. i associate myself with much more now than i would like my past self and i talk about it like my past self um i talk about like my time in new york and north carolina as like this past person who uh, and there's like a loads of backstory to all of that as well um but it is like a new a new person and birthing that person is a is a whole process in and of itself and music was like my birthing vessel
2: yeah
1: i <laughs> don't to be graphic but it's like no, it totally. that brought me into the harbor like i became myself via the words and the lyrics and the like struggle of like the self-doubt like Um, the practice, the perseverance. I mean, our band broke up twice and that was like, it's with my husband. So it's like, that's (sighs) like a really big deal, right? Um, When it's such a big part of your existence. So going through all of those things that happen with the process of making art, but the pursuit of it being, yeah, ultimately like the best part, the process. Like one hopes to always be, like feel like they're in it for the process and not in it for the outcome. That's kind of like the goal for me anyway, is to just be in love with the process of it and not care so much about like the point or the destination. Mm. I feel like I got off topic there.
0: No, not at all. <laughs> there is no topic. That's the fun of it. No,
2: that's fair you get to, enough.
0: <laughs> you, get to, you get to a stream of consciousness. Um, And no, I feel the I feel the exact same way. I think for me, when I started making music, I started making music last November, 2019, and I was listening to this podcast on Spotify called Dissect, and this guy is like a classically trained musician. He analyzes um, he analyzes different albums each season, and then he talks about not only like he talks really deep into the music theory, like way beyond the lyrics, Mm. um, and he'll talk about why parts in the song are are um beautiful why what they mean yeah. why the artist did it and then also the, the story of the artist and how they how they made it like what was going on in their life things like that And it, it's pretty focused on on hip-hop but um yeah it's like hearing like some of the seasons one of the seasons is about kanye one of the seasons is about tyler the creator one of the seasons is about frank ocean and i think hearing uh like tyler the creator's story in particular like just it it like re- resonated with me for some reason. Cause it was like this person, this artist should never have made music. It didn't make sense mm-hmm. that this, that this kid was making this skateboarding, ki- like black kid that's like, that just combo is never like, doesn't really exist that much, you know? And it's like, and he's loud and he has a weird, like really raspy kind of jacked up voice um, that he was able to make just the most, and he's super profane, but he was able to make just the most beautiful album and the most beautiful like sounds and it was just he and he was this this like kind of beautiful mix of like really really beautiful chords and really beautiful uh melodies mixed with like really hard-hitting uh vocals and um and yeah that and that for some reason that just inspired me and i was like oh if he can do it I can do it. And it's like, I feel like his toolkit he was starting with is like, I can, I kind of have some of, some of that stuff and I can do it. And then like when I made that decision to actually change, cause it's like so different to like want to do it and then to do it, it was like, yeah, it, it gave me so much confidence when I was able to kind of start doing it because it was like, okay, I'm not a person who just tells myself I'm going to do these things anymore. I can actually kind of work up the energy to, to figure it out and do it. And then it's just, I I feel like I just started seeing myself differently. It was like, I'm not a consumer anymore. I can create stuff and I don't, it doesn't just have to be music. It could be other things. And like, I don't want to jump around and do a bunch of things. I want to get good at it. Um, But I thought it was so, it was so huge for my confidence. It sounds like it it was for you too.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, Podcasts are awesome. Um, I think like the way you just described it, uh, seeing that you can do it having the opportunity to hear someone else's story, having that open a window for you and be like, wait, like I, I could do this. Like that feeling is the best feeling. Like, wait a minute. Like I could do this. I could do this. Like best that's feeling. the best feeling. That's the best feeling. And that's like what, um, you know, what, what Steven brought for me in my life. And um, that's great. That I, I should check out that podcast um, song exploder uh, is another really good one. I don't know if you're familiar with it.
0: I have to check it. That's a, is that a podcast?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, He—it's what it sounds like. He explodes songs to uh, the various tracks. Um, oh, I'm
0: gonna eat that up. I love. Yeah, I love when to- they dissect the get into the guts of songs. It's so interesting.
1: Yeah, um, and that was the first time like I heard stems separate, and mm-hmm. that was kind of a profound experience for me. Like just hearing someone's vocal track separated out, like a finished mm-hmm. song. Uh, like I think it was an Arctic Monkey song. Mm. Um, and just hearing Alex's voice like separated out from music and uh, that 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 for me was like profound from a production perspective because um, we were like uh, sort of still in discovery phase of like how to process vocals mm. and it's like hearing all of that processing on his voice it was like it was amazing because it allows you to realize oh I can do that like that's normal um, and not having like a um, Stephen's kind of like the expert in that field um, but me personally, not having like a, a huge bounty of knowledge on uh, engineering and um, processing it was it was yeah it was little little things like that when you realize you're not you're not crazy or you're you're capable of doing something yeah. like those like little magical nuggets um, song Exploder. Right? so
0: magical i'll listen to song exploder yeah. um is are you are you uh, good on time i know we've been chatting yeah for, okay i just yeah, want to i'm sure actually I'm sensitive too uh,
2: thank if, you have, you. if you have
0: to run anywhere uh, uh but definitely flew by. i know but definitely cut Ooh. me out cut me off if if you ever if you have to run or um uh but you're okay on time yeah for,
1: i'm uh, good run. yeah
0: okay i'll just be um, working tonight <laughs> <laughs> oh no um, <laughs> no it's good
1: it's good I, I like to get out of the way
0: um but yeah that so did they strip his vocals down and kind of remove some of the processing. Yeah. And, okay. <clears throat> so you could hear his actual
1: Yeah, yeah. So you could hear um just his vocal stem with all of the processing on it. Wow. Um I don't like no I don't remember if it was technically Arctic Monkeys. I may have listened to that like on YouTube. But he does that for a bunch of different songs and okay. like famous songs. Um uh like I think he's done like Yeah yeah yes. Um he's done uh like all the famous people that i can't remember the names of (laughs) but it's really cool it's awesome just hearing things come together and of course like he gets um he gets the musicians to do like a little interview and they talk about the song and they talk about the inspiration and the recording process and Just being able to, like, getting a glimpse into another musician's life and into another musician's process. Like, it's always been such a hidden element. Um, Totally. Historically, like, music's been behind, like, the rock star persona has been behind this sort of, like, veneer um, that you can't really see through for so, so long that I feel like this last maybe, yeah, four or five years, people have started to really – Uh, shine a light on some of the things that make music a lot more approachable and I think that's magical because I think everyone should feel like like you know uh, we've we've experienced feeling like you can't do something and like the feeling of can't is like the most atrocious feeling like you should no one should ever feel that way it's like the biggest lie because everyone can um and so just being able to yeah, being, ha- having, and like you you sharing art- artists' stories on a podcast, like having, yeah, the veil lifted, I think is the best. It's just the best thing, being able to see into other people's lives and processes. And Nick Cave right now is doing something called The Red Hand Files, where, and he actually just went on tour, like just answering audience members' questions, not even playing music, which I think is fucking fabulous. <laughs> um, and just, you know, uh, Yeah. Being 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 real, being honest, is I think has been a missing component of the music industry for a long time, and I think that that veil is starting to lift for sure. Mm.
0: Yeah, I am a strong believer that everyone is an artist. Like you can add, like sounds cheesy, but I I totally Absolutely. believe it. Yeah. You know, we were just uh-huh, somehow convinced that we weren't. We learned we were taught that you're not a musician or you are Absolutely. a musician, but everyone is. Everyone can. You we're know,
1: born like like children are artists, right? like
0: born artists born yeah.
1: artists, absolutely, like all we do is imagine when we're kids
0: we're and imagination machines, slowly,
1: machine. yeah, slowly get sucked into the system
0: slowly get become <laughs> cogs in the machine, yeah, ladies. exactly <laughs> <laughs> um no, it's I, and the inspiration and in hearing other people's is so is so important because yeah, the day one stuff and getting over. For me, the, yeah, for hearing your voice is like, and mm. even now doing podcasts and when I'm playing it back, I'm just, cr- I'm cringing, I'm dying inside. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness. I say the word like every five seconds. Um, I sound like this and that, this and that. Um, but like when you're making music that's amplified to 10,000 10, times, right? Cause you're like, does this person sound like that when they put their voice in or does, is, is there melodies? Like it's the ultimate just jumping off and, being that's the bravest thing you can do mm. is to actually play that thing for yourself and yeah. to live with it. That is that is courage like oh, to the, here, to the highest degree, right? Yeah. It's not even releasing. I feel like once you're done with it and you release it, I'm almost just like whatever. Like I mm. I I've, I've already said all the mean shit <laughs> you guys are going to say about my stuff like Exactly. mean shit to myself like yeah, I mean, for me. Yeah. Like I that's what I think people don't talk about enough is like, no, 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 you are your worst enemy for art being created. And it's like, you have to re reprogram yourself to be accepting of it. Right. And it's, like I don't know, it's, you can create so much art. And like, if you create something that is not good, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? There's, it's, there's no, there's no downside to, especially when you're getting started, there's no penalty for that. Right. And a lot of great artists have created a bunch of crap. And then they made, and then the stuff, even, and some of that they thought was really good, Some of they thought was bad, but then some of the stuff they didn't think was good was the stuff that's heavily, you know, revered and people, it resonates with people, things like that. But that is, that I, I would love to shine more of a light on that. Cause I think people don't, that's where I think art gets lost, not in people saying it's bad after the fact, but in people self-censoring, you know yeah. and, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You read like memoirs and the memoirs are always like, Oh, like I did this and this and this and this, and it's never about the self-hate as you said, like the, the, because I think that that was sort of part of the industry was to never like to be on a pedestal and to kind of own that pedestal. And I think a lot of artists are, you know, they do have a lot of self-confidence. Um, yeah. but I think like those who don't, I agree being able to have that backstory, it, it's what connects the like the person who thinks that they can't do it to to the act of making it. Like if you if you know that everyone's embarrassed and shy and lacks self confidence and like fumbles, then then it's okay. Like you can fumble too, and you can hate your voice the whole time, and that's fine. Like you don't yeah. have to like it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Creating yeah. art is not easy
1: no it's not it's definitely uh yeah it's a commitment
0: mm. how do you how do you find time to make art do you set apart set aside a day do you try to get up in the morning when do you have a routine or is it just kind of whenever you find time how does it look like
1: i've definitely tried to be a bit more structured about it um at the moment it's like Thursdays, Fridays, and the weekend, if I can, if I'm like able to sort of stop work on Wednesday. Mm. Um, but uh, historically, I think like, I mean, my ideal would be just do a little bit every day and like come at it like exercise and not like just make the act of making music part of my like everyday life, mm. um, which is the only um, maybe difference uh, from some of the other stuff we've been talking about. Like I think some of my vision for the future would be to like acknowledge it as just another part of something I do and to have it be with me every day and to be able to practice it and not to um, hold it. I think like uh, hearing you describe your Saturdays, for example, I think there's a lot of times where I did the same exact thing where I kind of like put this time on a pedestal and I had yeah. to achieve like a certain thing uh, yeah. during that time. And if I didn't, it like kind of throw my whole week off or like the next week I'd be like stressing because I just want to get to the day that I'm supposed to be doing music.
0: Does that to me. Totally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah. right now I'm, I'm trying to sort of make it more of a normal thing that doesn't need to be on a pedestal, like. Acknowledge that I don't need to be anyone different. I can just be who I am on any given day I don't have to prepare like a musical persona, which is kind of like something I felt I needed to do um, In previous times um, But now yeah, it's like I would like to just have it be there all the time in small in small bits in like manageable bite-sized bits and then maybe like finishing I think that's like creating and maybe uh like augmenting but then I think finishing something uh happens all at once so I think like my finishing um type of like work personality would like want like a whole week where like I push everything aside and I'm only finishing this freaking album this week Mm. (laughs) you know what I mean so just uh I yeah I suppose what I'm trying to say is just kind of depends on what part of the process I'm in
2: Mm. I think birthing
1: yeah birthing a song like can happen Mm. whenever it used Mm. to happen at like god I've written some songs at like four in the morning like i wake up Like, but like, I couldn't fall back asleep and I'd just be like, okay, like, let me just get into the studio, see what I can (laughs) do. Um, And yeah. And um, other times it's been midday and yeah, I don't know. I don't have a
2: process.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My process is no process.
1: Yeah. I don't want to, like, I don't want to be that person, but it's. Yeah. Yeah. I think finishing is one type of process. I think composing is one type of process, and then like the act of sort of like working is a different type of process.
0: Mm. I want to get there. I want to get there where it's a, just a more embedded part of mm. my life. So it doesn't. The Saturday doesn't feel so high pressure. Doesn't feel yeah. so high stakes. Um, I mean, I think having those like uninterrupted times where like no one can schedule a meeting with you, you know, like, it's just like, this is what you're doing is amazing. That's so cool. You get like, you're, you're trying to do at least four days a week where it's like, okay, I'm serious about it. And then hopefully you get some time in there in in between. Um, That is, that is super cool. I need to find more time to, to do that. Are you
1: transitioning to being a musician? Jimmy, Is this what you're telling me.
0: Um is this I, your
1: goal? Am I allowed to ask you questions? Yeah, of course. Parents? Of course. <laughs>
0: um, you could be the you could be the guest host in the episode where I'm the
2: Oh the guest perfect, host. yes. Yeah, and oh then
0: yeah. Um the tables have turned. <laughs> the tables have turned. I would love to. Um i mean, I would love to create music and get better at it. And it's one of those things I, I'm hoping where it's not just something I found um and really loved for a couple months and then left i think it's deeper than that i think Mm -hmm. it has roots in me now and so i want it to be a lifelong a lifelong thing whether that's me i mean i always want to be creating music and listening to music hopefully i can also teach others music as well um would be awesome um but yeah i would love to to do that to be in to be in Artist, I have ambitions in film too, which we should talk oh, about sometime. Cool. I would love to make film someday. I think that oh, is also wow. another another awesome medium. Um, but yeah, I what I love about music is that like you can really do everything on your own. Like you said, like you don't yeah. meet, you're not dependent on a studio, you're not dependent on a label, you're not dependent on all these things. You can make something in Logic, in Ableton, in shout out to the doll that you use. What's the name of the doll? The doll. Uh, that you use?
1: Studio One.
0: Studio One. Okay. Yeah. If. Uh, <laughs> um if in studio Pretty one <laughs> the only daw that anyone should ever use <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's how that's how everyone feels about their daw yeah of course. but um and then you can just put it on soundcloud you can just put it on yeah um i think spotify's like, a little bit more involved but yeah,
1: yeah i'm really bad at shipping not bad like we came at the music making process as like definitely mm. wanting to make an album Like in the way that you might, I don't know, want to make a film. Like it takes time. And part of making an album is like making sure it takes time.
0: Mm. That's what you're working on right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So what's your goal with the album? Are you trying to get it out by a certain time? Are you trying to have a certain number of tracks on it? Or is it kind of loosey-goosey?
1: Definitely a certain number of tracks. I think we're right around like 14 15 which won't fit on Whoa. two sides of a vinyl so i think we're exploring two vinyls um so yeah definitely around that ballpark that might be shrunk down to just what we can press onto one vinyl i see um and it would be amazing if it's end of the year mm-hmm. we've definitely set goals before and it's been more of a problem than it has like a a good thing um because i think we're we're really keen to like feel extraordinarily good about what we're gonna ship and Mm. a lot of what our process has been about is learning how to like ship something that is very high production um, and very uh like well engineered and we're trying to create a full band sound in our like Which isn't the easiest thing to do. So part of that has been like a a very long learning process, um, which many props to Steven. He's like become an absolute master at making big sound out of a small little tiny room when I'm in. Um so yeah, so uh part of it is like finishing and like getting really, really good and like tasteful. Um, but we're we're on the home stretch. I feel like I've been saying okay. like all my friends for like years. <laughs> like we're so close, I swear. Uh-huh. It got to the point where like, I'm. you, you remember uh, earlier on you were saying how you tell um, your friends and family like you're making music. Yeah. And it's like what allows you to commit that time to
2: yourself. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm at the point where like, I wish I'd never told anyone uh-huh. <laughs> because they're like, when is this album coming out? Like what's happening? Yeah. And I just want to be like, dude, like chill out. It's okay for something to take four years. I know you're used to, like, very quick consumption on Spotify and on YouTube, uh, but like, that's not how content works for music. No. Like, sometimes it takes a long time, and that's part of, like, what makes it good.
0: It's, say. yeah, it is, it, it, music never can really... And right like, even when you publish a song you're just True deciding that. i'm done with it but it could have you could have spent another three years on it easily no problem yeah. you yeah. could have remixed it 10 times um yeah okay i'm glad what kind of like describe it what kind of music is it is it um
1: uh so it is like goth disco meets goth, disco, like, like beats okay. mm.
0: um are there any mainstream bands that music noobs like me could equate it to?
1: Um, maybe, like, Jack White meets ABBA.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Uh,
1: but with, like, a goth kind of spin to it. Maybe, like, a bit of the horrors. Okay. Um, yeah. So,
0: like, some catchy there's some catchy beats
1: yeah yeah we're definitely into catchy beats we're definitely into bongos and we're definitely into like dark organ synths
2: oh and like
1: heavy heavy drum work so it's kind of like um kind of like a nice little yeah coalescing of those types of sounds
0: I see. That's so, I am so excited to listen to it. I've been, I've been listening to your songs on SoundCloud and I love it. They're so, they're uh, so, all of them are so nice. different and they're so like, they're catchy, they're fun, they're high energy. Um, and then when I'm like, I just got a uh, audio interface. So I, now I'm, like, uh, I course, feel like I'm yeah. hearing sound for the first time. I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is crazy. Like they did that in my left ear and that in the <laughs> back of my head. It's crazy. Um, so it's cool uh, listening to yours where there's like actually really, there's like an, uh, huge amount of work done in like the Mm. production and it's just it 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 stands out more than when you listen to a lot of other stuff you're like oh wow that is a little different. so well
1: thank you so much i'll also pass that on to steven because that's definitely his his baby as well
0: that's cool i need to learn all that sign design stuff because when i do mine i don't really do i haven't i'm just getting into eq and reverb and all the effects so mine just sounds like i listen to mine i'm like oh this is so two-dimensional no i love um, i
1: love yours for like it's just like, it's just pure. I would mm. say like if there's one word that I would describe your music, it'd be pure, pure and happy.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I I don't know. I I'm I'm really into it. it. Um, shit. Who's the rapper that it reminds me of? Das Racist.
0: Das Racist. I haven't I haven't heard of him or her. Yeah,
1: you should check him out. Um, How do you spell it? D A S. Uh then... huh.
0: Uh, racist okay yeah i'll have to listen
1: yeah i think you'd be really into it
0: awesome um i don't
1: know i don't think they're um yeah they're not around anymore but uh they definitely had some good i don't know a lot of their stuff back in the day
0: i have like infinity more questions for you we i i, I had i let's the way do it i did again. Let's do it again. yeah i was gonna say let's do it again sometime yeah. um It's so funny i have like this section where it's like okay topics music work i didn't get to ask you about uh like design pre-startup startup -startup experience being cogs in the machine uh, all that mentorship you mentioned you want to be a design design mentor um we didn't go into the into the depths of uh everything coffee and drinking coffee that (laughs) burns but is also kind of enjoyable and all the coffee things um one last question I have before I let you go. So hopefully you'll be down to come on at some other point. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, Thank I've you had, for having me. This has been really nice.
0: Yeah. You, uh, like, I mean, I don't know. It's been, I'm so glad we met just the universe. I
2: know. Me They're too. High.
0: You're so wild. Cool. You're inspiring. And Back it's, at you. it's like, you're like the exact kind of person. I want to have conversations, podcasts or not. Cause like, I just, I'm like for the rest of the day, I'm going to be stoked. I'm going to be hyped. I'm going to be like, oh, I want to go create more. I want to make something cool. I want to share it with Yana, oh, you know, all awesome. that. So thank you so much. Like time is the best gift and wisdom is the best gift. So I so appreciate it. My last question for you is who is someone who you really admire? Um, what do you admire about them?
2: Um,
1: I think my immediate thoughts are my husband mm. and my parents and i feel like i've spoken a lot about steven so i will say um having immigrant parents has been like the most influential thing of my entire life like the first forming thing and just watching them and living them as they've worked their asses off in like ways i can't even imagine um and watching them create like this entire existence that I get to be in now, being who I am and having all of these opportunities. Like it just wouldn't have happened without them. And they're yeah, they're just incredible humans for having made the journey, having learned English in their like 30s, 40s, late 30s, early forties. Mm-hmm. Um yeah just phenomenal like really phenomenal everything that they did
0: that's so awesome
1: and I wouldn't I you know I know that's kind of basic but like I wouldn't be here without them I wouldn't be who I am and like for all the hardships and all the times I didn't like understand them and they didn't understand me it's like that formed me as well like I wouldn't be who I am without all of the bad and all of the good
0: yeah no, I don't I don't think that's a generic example at all. It's so many people hate their parents. so many people don't yeah. have contact with their parents. So like when your parents are um, in some ways your heroes and you admire them and they influenced you, it's that's just that's the best thing ever. that's yeah. cool. yeah that's the best they're not answer.
1: not musical whatsoever. They're very pragmatic. They're very like, why don't you have a real job like <laughs> work full time? So there's a lot about. Sure. Everything in my life that they don't understand. But they that gave me, you know, I learned how to be a punk, like because of my parents. Like (laughs) I I knew how to like protest the system like because of like my parents (laughs) trying to like you know what I mean? Like you have to have have something that you disagree with. And that's the biggest gift sometimes is like having something to disagree with.
0: Totally. Yana, thank you so much. Um Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it. I think we went an hour and a half, but it felt like 15 minutes. That was so much
2: fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you.